Hey guys, it's Taze Green Life here with Dante Duvall. Hello, Dante Duvall. Um, can you tell us why you're here? I am here to answer some questions about my band. Cool. Uh, what's your what's your band's name? So we are called Tell. We're a metal band from Richmond, Virginia. Um, and what exactly? Uh, what what type of music does Tell play? Um. <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those deals that like uh, we we all come from such different like musical backgrounds i feel like the words sludge and doom get thrown around the most um but i think we're kind of at a point that it's just it's heavy it's melodic it's slow it's atmospheric it's kind of a mix up of a few different things um what kind of venues have you guys played at um i did see one it was like fallout um yeah what what exactly is fallout <laughs> so uh fallout is a goth club in richmond um over in shaco bottom we were so very graciously asked by my friend sam fox who um has been amazing in the virginia metal scene specifically in the um like norfolk virginia beach area as far as like booking he's played like a shit ton of different bands but um yeah he had us uh play with some pretty sick bands down there one of them being uh pathogenesis who are a grind band that i've been following for like since i was like a teenager so <laughs> a pretty cool experience um as far as like different venues that we've played, our uh, our live experiences unfortunately have been a little bit lacking just because we just got kicked right in the teeth with COVID and then had a few lineup changes. But um, I'd say that generally like smoky, dark dive bars tend to be the norm for us. Um, I think probably one of the more unique live experiences we had was um playing shadow woods metal fest in maryland a couple of years ago which was like an in the woods type of <laughs> situation so that was cool 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 um so i had a question about like what exactly is do metal um can you um explain what do metal is if someone doesn't know uh so slow ominous uh i guess gloomier sounding um more leaning towards sabbath slower Aussie <laughs> stuff as opposed to like metallica or you know if we're just like talking about like the very basics like breaking it down um to me it's like more representative of like a more downbeat, um, more depressive sounding <laughs> niche of metal, I suppose. <laughs> um, so with saying, uh, more like a sad, not really sad, like, but like depressing tone, does that contribute yeah. to, um, like mental health is, would you say your mental health is kind of like, eh, because you're playing depressing music or... Like how does how does that work? I would say it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Um, I mean, I've always been drawn to darker, more ominous sounding bands as it is. Um, I mean, I started listening to a lot of like gothic doom stuff when I was like 13, 14, like My Dying Bride, Draconia, and Paradise Lost. <laughs> and, um, you know, being a moody teenager, that was definitely like what I felt more attracted to. And I think that's kind of progressed as time has gone on. <laughs> um so music music helps you correct and you use yeah. it as a form of like a hobby um and you think that helps a lot of other people like not just doing music but having hobbies in general yeah absolutely um i think the thing about i've always tried to see music as being a cathartic sort of deal um I just have always gone about it in the way that I don't really know what else to do with myself most of the time. Um, and I've mostly been self-taught as far as like songwriting. Um, I mean, I had like a little bit of piano lessons as a kid, a little bit of vocal lessons, a little bit of like guitar and bass, but as far as like actually creating music, it's something that just sort of came to me, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always something that I've done to channel frustration, anger, anxiety, um, feelings like that. And then, you know, when discovering bands who have like that darker, more emotive type of approach, as far as their songwriting, um, I find it very, I guess, more relatable, uh, more cathartic to listen to, I suppose. But that's always been, like, more attractive to me than something that's, you know, very upbeat, very, uh, you know, like, light to listen to, I suppose. It's kind of the same way. It really depends, because, I mean, I also listen to, like... I kind of like EDM, too, and, like, a mm -hmm. little bit of pop, but... Maybe it's because I'm a girl, but like sometimes those things are catchy and they like, yeah, you, know, you can't help it. But, um, like I don't see a problem like with other people like only listen to a certain type of music. It's you know, whatever they they need to do to get out of their hole, you know. Um, because like EDM, like those people are completely different than like the metal scene. Like those people are always like wanting to touch you and hug you, and like, well, some of them, some of them, <laughs> not all of them, some of them are like the uh. The chads, you know, um, <laughs> but the EDM scene was a big like indicator to like other sense of music because like it felt like a family, and that's like the metal scene too. Like everybody is always like uprising, not uprising, <laughs> supporting everybody and like trying to communicate and help and support, and it's it's pretty great. Do um, you think the scene lacks anything? Do you think like it needs more like venues maybe or people to come out to shows? Uh, not specifically. I mean, are we talking like in the particular area that we live in or in general? Just in general. Honestly, I can't really say specifically that I feel it's lacking anything. Um, I think that we're actually in 
a much better place than we had been prior to the pandemic. Um, and speaking as a queer person specifically, I feel as though there have been amazing strides being made as far as, um, you know, more acceptance and more diversity in the scene. I mean, you're seeing bands that are being formed by, you know, queer, non-binary, trans folks, like, and they're being celebrated and appreciated. And I think that is so fucking wonderful. It makes me so happy to see. And, um, you know, had you asked me that question, like, maybe five, 10 years ago, that would have been what I wanted to see more of. But I think that we're in a place now that that's really starting to become more of a widely accepted thing yeah yeah i uh say with like women like more women are coming out and like yeah doing stuff like out there and like i think that's like cool because then like people like me when i was younger you know have people to look up to you know and like when i was like a girl there wasn't there wasn't that many like feminine people out there you know and now like looking back i'm like i wish like there were more people like me out there and it's great to see that seeing because now little girls little boys um whatever you know they consider themselves as um can look up to people and be like that's who i want to be when i grow up that's amazing you know yeah absolutely absolutely and that was like when i um had started you know writing and playing in a metal band i mean i would never say that i've been like very specifically hey this is a gay man like making this music but i mean it is part of my identity and it is like something that i've never like you know shied away from i yeah. suppose um and uh i think that with the particular niche of metal that i'm involved in now i think that we're starting to see a lot more bands like speaking up for other queer folks um like for instance uh sunrot from new jersey fantastic band absolutely love them um they're very very progressive in that regard and i really appreciate about that that about them um and uh i mean you know you have bands like uh liturgy as well that i mean they are absolutely huge right now um but it just it makes me really happy to see that this is a place for us to express ourselves and be our truest selves while bonding over heavy extreme music i think that is so cool because i just I grew up in a very small town. I grew up in um, Blacksburg, Virginia, which if you aren't familiar with that area, it's where Virginia Tech is and not a whole lot else. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I came out, it was a very nerve wracking thing for me. I mean, I've never had like, I've never been unsafe or felt that I wasn't accepted in the community of heavy music but it was definitely something that i had a lot of anxiety about at the time and i'm glad that we're coming to a place where that's not the anxiety that a person would have in that position like 
isn't as significant as it would have been before. I actually used to like hate going to shows alone because I felt like people would come up to me and like talk to me and like it would bother me. But now like there's some shows I'll go to and like nobody will say one word to me unless I know like there are people there. And I'm like, right. yeah, this is this is how it should be. Like I should be able to re- be respected in my space, you know. Um, and I feel like, especially with metal being as male dominant as it is, um, I probably feel more safer at a metal show than I would like a rap show or like just walking down the street, you know. And that's something cool too. It's like metal's opening up to everybody, and it's not just for certain people anymore. It's for everybody. And, right. Uh, I had an interview with like an indie group um, and they were saying every, you know, metal band you see is all like big white men, like men. <laughs> and the fact that now like people of color, people of uh, sexual orientation, whatever they, you know, whatever they are, they're coming out now and being open. And it's, it's so exciting. Like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact exactly that the support, the like the community supports them too is like amazing too. Like, crazy like fans especially like that's why i got into what i was doing because i was just going to local shows and i was like you know what i'm gonna start following these people and supporting these people and talking to these people and like people in music are people they have mental health yeah. problems and like people have to remember that too and like you guys are you go you go to your these shows you go on tour you're putting your own money into like bands that couldn't like you know, they never might make it up or, you know, you guys might make it up. It, it really depends on the effort I'm put into it as well. That's why yeah. health is important too. Like you got to balance both things and you probably work a job too. So like, yeah, all that you have to balance in and that's cool that um, you're able to do that. You also did, um, I was reading up on it, but let me just ask, um, one of your, I guess it's the age of wolf. Yeah. Um, it was like, uh, not, not Puerto Rico. Was it Puerto Rico or, um, someone, for, oh God. Yeah. I'm horrible. Uh, <laughs> um, Costa Rican. yes, that's, uh, how was that experience? You want to talk about that? Oh my God. I absolutely love age of the wolf. So we ended up getting in contact with them because we are on the same music label. Um, our old music in Italy. I mean, if you're watching this, hello. <laughs> oh, um, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, they had released their debut album the same year that we did. And they just, their music is fantastic. Um, and uh, they had hit us up, like pitching the idea of doing a split. And um, at the time, like we, uh, had some material that initially we had been planning for the second album, but they felt good enough, like a standalone songs that we ended up doing it that way. Um, and bear in mind too, this was in the midst of the pandemic, like <laughs> kind of going on and off. So it's like every time that you would start to think, Oh, it's starting to end. Things are coming back to normal. That's when we would go back into lockdown. And um, yeah, it was it was a bit of uh, a shit show in that regard. But um, they ended up recording their material out in Costa Rica. And then we recorded three tracks 
in, I believe it was Greensboro, North Carolina, um, with this fantastic uh, recording engineer named Chris Hilbert. Um, he used to run this studio called Legitimate Business that I'm pretty sure he closed up shop either last year or the year before, which was very much a shame. I mean, he's doing it to um, continue his education, I believe. So, I mean, cheers to him for that. But yeah, the experience recording there was fantastic. Um, it was a gorgeous studio. He did a wonderful job. Um, but we ended up getting in touch with our friend who plays in uh, this Philly band called the Stone Eye. His name is Steven. He runs his own um, small indie record label called Electric Talon. And he ended up um, handling the distribution and promotion of the split. And um, it was it was a cool experience. I mean, it was really tricky to coordinate considering the circumstances at the time. Yeah. But it was still really rewarding. I remember uh, during during COVID, I actually lived in Florida. Um, <laughs> and I remember my sister had a baby and I flew up. Um, and I was like stuck there for like uh, an extra like four days because all my flights got delayed and canceled. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, how am I supposed to get home? And then like my work was like, bro, what the heck? And I was like, I, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, I, I don't like... I don't like remember like because I think I was working most of COVID actually, so I actually wasn't locked down. Um, yeah, yeah, I had to like work, you know, like I worked at a pharmacy, so like I, we were not shut down. Like I had to help people. Oh yeah, I I think we spoke about that on a uh, Facebook. Yeah, I used to be a pharmacy technician. Yes. I um <laughs> thankfully got out of it right before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um props to you i would not have been able to have handled dealing with patients through a pandemic um, yeah so it was uh, honestly it was pretty scary because um i lived in a beach town so all there are is old people <laughs> so like i remember my boss going it's it's not it's not gonna happen nothing bad's gonna happen <laughs> this fucking pandemic hit and i was like oh my god what are we doing because florida actually didn't care <laughs> so like you didn't have to wear masks that often i mean you had to like distance yourself but you didn't have to wear masks like you could go um you could go to the beach but you couldn't sit on the beach. that's the only thing you couldn't do yeah they were like you just have to exercise around just don't lay on the beach <laughs> nice but yeah florida um when i moved out of florida they actually uh were locking up so um yeah i was like right there when they started blocking people from coming in like wow yeah, like I was, thankfully we moved out by then. But yeah, they were like, no, no more people. No more people in Florida. Don't come Florida. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I um, I got lucky with my job. I have the uh, luxury of being able to work from home. So thankfully I was able to keep my head above water throughout the whole pandemic experience. I know a lot of people were not that lucky. And then like, in Florida too, like people, um, they didn't get their food stamps and their money fast enough in unemployment. So wow. there was just like people not able to like pay their bills at all. And like, it was stressful. Like <laughs> I was like, luckily I'm working, but still yeah. like, 
the benefits of this are so horrible. And like the, the thing about Virginia is it's a little bit easier to live here than it is in Florida. Um, yeah, you have like the city, but not everyone is so crowded. There's still like space to move to. In Florida, it's not like that. Unless you like live in like the swamps. Um, <laughs> which you don't want to live there. Um, but the, the, the music scene in Florida before COVID was excellent. Like, um, there was this, uh, venue called the, uh, the Orpheum, I think. And there would be punk bands that come in there like all the time. There was like a golf club, um, called the Castle. Um, this was in Ebor, which is like right outside of Tampa. Um, and they did like, which is what Fallout is. Um, cool. but you didn't have to be a member to get into Fallout. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a little, and, and the college scene. So it was almost like Richmond a little bit, um, but nice. warm all the time. <laughs> Very um, nice. Yeah. Do you think the Richmond scene, um, you think it's a good scene to be in or would you, you think like a uh, Northern Virginia or. I think Richmond has a really good metal scene. I think it has a really good music scene in general. I have made so many friends here. Um, I have never found like a better sense of community anywhere than I have as much Ah, sorry. I've never found as much of a sense of community like doing anything else anywhere else than I have from just going to shows and, you know, booking shows with bands here. Um, my housemate, he's uh, the guitarist in Vorm, actually. So, I mean, I've made lifelong friendships from you know just going to these people's shows and hitting them up over instagram or facebook and just either chatting music with them shooting the shit or booking with them or um what have you but i have always i've always had a really good experience with you know just the people that i've made friends with out here um help my cat who is currently trying to take a nap um <laughs> i actually adopted him from my friends uh jay and sarah who play in book of worms here in richmond they were the ones who rescued him and so that's just a testament of you know just the sense of community that we have out here and um yeah, yeah. I mean, all of a majority of my best friends here are all people that I've gotten to know from playing shows with them, being fans of their music, what have you. So generally, I, yeah, I would say I've had a really positive experience with that. Yeah, that's the. I've only been doing this for like almost two years now, and like even in the beginning stages of going like the shows and seeing, they're still like they're all welcoming. Like, especially yeah. the new people. Um, and then, like, every show I go to now, there's someone being like, oh, I I know you now, or I've seen you at this show, or I've watched your interview, and I'm like, that's cool as shit. Like, literally, I, I, I followed you. I don't know how I found you, <laughs> but we've been, we've been through social media for a while now. Um, and, like, yeah, we've never really met in person. But I have seen you in passing, and um, every time Tell like has a show, I'm I'm always trying to go to it, but there's always like 
other things I got to do, but I would love to see uh, one of your live shows, which you actually did one recently at uh, the Bar Bandito. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit interesting. Um, whenever we haven't, like, we've had a hell of a time mm-hmm. with playing live. Um, we actually were trying to book a proper like southeast tour when covid first started and just from there on it has been really difficult for us to be able to maintain like playing live unfortunately um because just for whatever reason murphy's law just seems to exist for us so anytime that we're going to play live whatever can potentially go wrong seems to just happen (laughs) um so we played banditos in december um and it had been a minute since we had played there i actually can't remember the last time we had played there before that but uh originally it was going to be us riot queen which is my friend leah's band um armageddon time who are a local, like, hardcore, cross db type of band. And Doomsday Prophet, a doom metal band from North Carolina, who I'm also really good friends with. Um, well, not long before the show was going to happen, Armageddon <laughs> had to drop because they have, like, a scheduling conflict. And then the day of the show, Doomsday Prophet, their drummer had gotten sick i think he like got the flu or something like that and so they ended up dropping and i was at this point i was like oh well shit like we only have like a two-band lineup now and on top of that there was another show going on that night oh and so it was like all right well the odds here aren't looking really good so you know i'm talking to my friend leah in riot queen um about like, hey, like, do you, should we still do this? Like, do you want to pull the plug? And I cannot give enough props to Leah for talking me out of that. She was like, no, absolutely not. Like, we did a lot of hard work and planning into this. Like, we're going to make it happen. And sure enough, you know, even with a two-band lineup playing early, like, we ended up... um we ended up starting at eight o'clock like we originally intended, but you know, just two bands like breezing through their sets and then like encouraging everybody to go to like that other show afterwards. Even then, like we got a packed house, which was very much exceeding like my expectations. I was very happy with that. And the folks at Banditos were fantastic, of course, as well. Um but yeah, that was that was a good time. That was a really good show. And uh, I believe the next one that we have is going to be um, at the bike shop Ooh. with... Uh, I can't think of all the bands off the top of my head, but I, I know that there are bands that I've been looking forward to playing with, and I know that other people will be them <laughs> as well whenever... I uh, track down the flyer. I will <laughs> yes, we... be boosting that. I, um, I'll just be like, oh, like... here's the video. And then just like, put the link up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Um, I've been handling a bulk of the band's booking for a minute now, and it's one of those deals that I'm usually the one reminding my bandmates, oh, we're playing on this day with these bands, but every now and then I kind of have to be like, wait a minute, which day is that going to be? Um, but anyhow, yeah, going back to Banditos, I was, it was a good, it was a good show. It was a good time. And, um, I had, uh, we worked with this dude, Joey, whose Instagram handle, I believe is Avulsed Visuals. Um, he got some really good footage of our set. He did a fantastic job with that. And then, um, uh, you had a music video, uh, Punish. What is yeah. that? Yeah. So it's a funny story, actually. So the dude who directed it was my friend Russell, who plays in Crucial Rip. Um, and the way that that came about was originally he and I were going to make a slasher movie together. But just because of circumstances surrounding that at the time that ended up not panning out so instead i was like all right well we have this single we need a music video for it instead of making a slasher movie let's make a slasher inspired music video and so we did that at our old practice space and um the dude who my bandmates and i are chasing around in that music video <laughs> is actually my housemate will <laughs> um who is also very much a horror buff like i am so it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it i can't remember how many days of like directing it was i want to say it was like like several evenings that like we would all gather after work and um russ would just bring like his lighting setup and <laughs> camera and all that and we would just you know, sort of set everything up and be like, all right, go. But it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I would say that that was probably one of the most like it was one of the most fun projects that I've done in this band so far, for sure. That's cool. Um, and do you have anything else uh, coming out? Like any other plans? I know you have a show at the bike shop, but is there like any new music coming out? So I don't want to give away too much right now. Um, what I will say is that last summer, we did spend a week out in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's going to be something in regards to that coming out eventually. Um, there's been a lot of mixing and mastering involved, but... There will be some stuff resurfacing. And then um, as far as like playing live later this year, there's some stuff that we'll be announcing. I can't give away too much yet, but there <laughs> coming up. I don't want to be cliche and say uh, big things coming up soon, but <laughs> let's just say. Um, there are big things coming out soon. <laughs> let's just say. uh there's something in the works. Excellent, excellent, cool. I'm excited to hear what's going on. Um, guys, make sure you listen to Pell. Um, subscribe, like all of it. Um, all channels, my channels, his channels, like it, give him support he deserves. Um, 
thank you for being here. I appreciate your time and thank your, you. your conversation. And I hope everyone else also appreciates the, the video um, talking about the community and how you feel like it's, you know, opening up to you. Um, if there is anybody that's interested in talking to you, uh, please hit you up. But what is your handle that we can find? Um, so our Instagram is tell T-E-L underscore band. Um, that is probably the path of least resistance as far as hitting us up. We're also on uh, Facebook. You can email us. Um, but yeah, I would say that Instagram is probably the easiest way to go. But um, if you want to check out our stuff, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify, YouTube, all the you know general places that bands feel obligated to share their stuff. <laughs> All of it. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe, like, follow. Um, very important. Um, and I had a pleasure talking to you. 